0: Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe your to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to, well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season, well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul. Leon Taylor in 809 North Delaware, and downtown Indianapolis. Well, we are continuing our conversation with various candidates for public office, and today on the program, we're talking to John Russ, a Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate. So, John, my friend, uh, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so, first off, uh, how's the campaign going?
1: Oh, it's going fantastic. We are going around um, collecting our ballot petition signatures from the, you know, 92 counties. We have them turned in in every single county all across the state of Indiana. Well over 9,000 signatures um, submitted, probably a lot more. We're going to do the final count after we get them in. We're actually still gathering signatures. I think we have way more than enough in every district, but, you know, I want people to know that this is you know, something that people want. This is um, very important to me that, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 that people have a choice and that people are making that happen by signing their petition for me to be on the ballot.
0: Uh, obviously, uh, it took a little while for you uh, to sort deal with some, some legal related issues. Uh, you were denied on the, you're denied, you denied being on the ballot uh, by Amanda Lowry, the Jackson County uh, chairwoman, because under the old law, India said yet to either vote in two Republican primaries, or two Democratic primaries to be on the ballot, or get your county chairperson signature. Uh, uh, that decision was thrown out uh, by uh, American County Judge Patrick Dietrich. Uh, it's now before the Supreme Court, uh, which ironically I thought was interesting, did not stay the judge's order, which uh, kind of sort of leans to me that you'll probably be on the ballot uh, with no issue, no hassle. Uh, how's all that worked out for you?
1: Well, I can't imagine the Indiana State um, Supreme Court would remove me from the ballot. You know, anything's possible. But I mean, it's, you know, in the end, 81% of Hoosiers were banned from running for political office based on this obscure law that no one knew about it was an insider handshake deal and yeah if you knew the rule oh yeah you can make make it in i guess but you know it was just placed you know with with the intention of protecting incumbents, you know, I call it the Incumbent Protection Act, and you know, it's why you know they don't want political outsiders running. I think everyone knows the problems we're facing, you know, in our economy with you know political insiders going to Washington and continuing to allow our nation's debt to increase year after year. You know, it's going up four trillion dollars just you know in the last year, and you know, and the, the guy that the establishment is backing on this, you know he lied about it you know he came to indiana and said on you know wowo radio that you know he was against you know raising the debt ceiling by 4 trillion dollars what does he do that afternoon he goes and votes yes to bring it to the house floor for consideration then he disappears you know, and he doesn't show up for the final vote. You know, we need someone that with the work ethic of a farmer, I think, that will go to D.C. and work for Hoosiers and not the political establishment.
0: Bob, uh, it's interesting uh, because I actually had a conversation uh, with Jim Banks about uh, your litigation. Uh, he said uh, that wasn't him and he had nothing to do with it and he actually welcomes the challenge. Okay. Any <laughs> any any thoughts on that or you you guys moving forward regardless?
1: Oh I'm I'm going forward hundred percent. You know you know, I'm in this to win and I think that's why they're scared. You know, one, they tried to keep me off the ballot, but I think I i I presume I'll be on the ballot. You know, you know, one, it's because of you know petition signatures. People are gonna say, Oh, John Russ sued the, his way to get on the ballot. No, I didn't. I got it because I cl- went out and collected the signatures, you know, and I went out and did it the hard way. I went out myself going door to door in every congressional district, you know, in Indiana to get signatures myself. I believe in, you know, the will of the people. And I believe people are just like I said, they are sick of political insiders. They are sick of these career politicians who say one thing in Indiana and vote exactly the opposite in D.C.
0: Our guest in the program today is U.S. Senate candidate John Russ, uh, fighting to be on the ballot here. Here in the state of Indiana. Uh, John, uh, something else I thought was interesting too, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I know, I know you're not an attorney, but then again, some, some folks say neither am I, so we're, so we're in good shape here. Uh, one of the things we heard is that uh, the Supreme Court will hear uh, the arguments uh, in your appeal. Uh, or rather, in, this, in the state's appeal on February 12th, which ironically is not only leak, not only the birthday of Abraham Lincoln, which I thought was interesting, but it is smack dab in the middle of all the f- of all the February deadlines—deadlines uh, uh, deadlines to turn in signatures to get on the ballot, uh, to right. challenge, to, to withdraw—and uh, then there's some questions as to whether the court would come back with a decision between uh, the the deadline to file a challenge, which is the end of the month. Any any thoughts or any strategy on how you folks plan to uh, work with all that?
1: Well, you know, I just I can't imagine the state Supreme Court would rule against the will of Hoosiers. You know, 81 percent of Hoosiers were banned from running for political office until we got that law thrown out. And and, you know, and when I go to door to door and I talk to people and I and I explain that law to them, they're like, wait a second. That is so wrong. And so, you know, they, they are just so enthusiastic to sign for me to run because they're saying, yes, we absolutely want a political outsider. We are so sick of these career politicians.
0: Uh, there's also been an issue, John, about your address and exactly uh, where you live. Uh, you had sort of, <laughs> uh, because the way the way I understand the story by my good friend Nikki Killer at, at Indiana Capital Chronicle, <clears throat> uh, the banks campaign were saying in, in a deposition that you gave on October 11th, you said you lived at one address, but you actually lived at another address, and you registered to vote at one address. What What's going on there? Where, where do you live and are you qualified to be on the ballot? Let's put it that way.
1: Yes, I am absolutely 100% qualified to be on the ballot. I've lived in the same house for 30 years. My mailbox is like a mile and a half away. and, and But I, it's just insanity. You know, Jim Banks is complaining about that. His mailbox is 580 miles from the state of Indiana. He lives in Virginia. You know, if you're going to talk about residency, let's you know Virginia has two United States senators. I think Indiana deserves to have our own two United States senators.
0: Uh, also, uh, the, the other issue that that's popped up uh, has been the, sort of the, the antitrust lawsuit, uh, the egg farm. Like your, your 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 company was part of one of those uh, egg farmers that was accused of price fixing. Uh, I know I've, I know obviously with pending litigation, you gotta be careful what you say. Uh, any thoughts on uh, how all that's sort of going through right now?
1: Oh, I I think we'll absolutely win that. You know, we've been sued in the past for actually selling eggs too cheap, you know, and we, we won on that. You know, we had a jury verdict against us for selling eggs too cheap. Our competition says Rose Acres is out there selling eggs too cheap. That's not fair. We want, you know, we want to keep egg prices up. Rose Acres has fought hard. To have low egg prices for all Americans, not just Hoosiers. And, you know, when my dad, when he started selling eggs in the early 1950s, he was getting 50 cents a dozen. You know, today, if you adjust that for inflation, that would be over $6 a dozen. I just checked the Walmart here in Seymour just last two days ago. It was $2.04 for a dozen eggs. That's one third. The price, if you adjust for inflation, what my dad was getting in 1950. And what you know why that is? It's because me and my family and other farmers like us have worked so hard to build more efficient farms, larger farms that have an incredible value for consumers. And that's why eggs are such a low price staple in the grocery store. I think it's probably the lowest priced item you can get in the grocery store where you're actually getting value for your money. You know, if eggs are $2 a dozen and you're paying six bucks, you know, for a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Which would you rather have? The $2 the two eggs are much, much, much better value. Uh,
0: do you think this would be a campaign issue?
1: I hope so. Eggs are fantastic. And, you know, anytime you're talking about eggs, you know, they're delicious. Deviled eggs, scrambled eggs, omelets, you know, eggs over – I like them over easy myself. But, you know, let's talk about eggs because eggs are a wonderful thing.
0: Our guest on the program today is uh, U.S. Senate candidate John Russ. John running in the Republican primary right now against uh, Jim Banks. Still some filing deadlines and signatures that need to be gathered, so we're glad to have John uh, on the program today. Uh, John, let's talk about uh, some of the big issues uh, that are out there uh, right now. Uh, Obviously, uh, one of the big issues is, of course, uh, the debt ceiling, inflation. Uh, Mike Johnson uh, has been getting some pushback from some of the more uh, ideological conservatives on on any sort of debt ceiling deal, any sort of budget deal. Uh, Where would you be on all this?
1: Uh, There's no way I would have voted to raise our debt ceiling $4 trillion. And, you know, I just think it's insanity that we keep sending these career politicians to Washington Republicans that say, oh, I'm against raising the debt ceiling. Look at every member of the House delegation, including Jim Banks, other than Victoria Sparks. She's the only one that voted no the only one that voted no against bringing that debt ceiling vote to the House floor for consideration. Every other one said, yes, let's bring it to the floor, and it ultimately passed. You know, you know, some of them – I think most of them actually voted for it. I mean, it's, it's insanity. We keep sending these career politicians to say, oh, I'm conservative in Indiana, and then they get to D.C. and they – Change completely. Their colors change completely. It's 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 not right, and I think that's why people are fed up, and that's why they're sick of career politicians. You know, like Jim Banks, who just you know I keep saying this, but it's just it's the truth. You know, he comes here and he says, oh, I'm against that, and then he goes back to D.C. and he votes for
0: it. Uh, John, one of the big things that's out there has been uh, how do we get our spending under control? And if you look at it, uh, most of our spending is sort of of what's called non-discretionary. It's Social Security. It's Medicaid. It's Medicare. It's the defense. It's interest on the debt. And the part that we consider, quote, unquote, government is really only like 10 to 15%. So I guess my question is, uh, to get our debt under control and to get our spending under control, uh, where would you cut? What would you target?
1: I think, uh, do you remember Senator William Proxmire from Wisconsin? Vaguely. Yes. He um, he had what he called the Golden Fleece Award, where he would go out and identify government waste that was just, you know, off the top wrong. You know, for instance, you remember toilet seats back in the 1980s where they were talking about them costing $3,000
0: each? And the $500 hammers.
1: Right. Guess what those toilet seats cost today? $14,500. You know, and what happens is, you know, you have people like Jim Banks who takes money from these big defense contractors, you know, You know, he's getting paid, and so is he going to raise, you know, the curtain and say, oh, look how much we're paying for this stuff? No, we have to have a lethal defense, but that doesn't mean you need to be paying $14,500 for a toilet seat.
0: Also, John, another issue, issue that's out there, too, is the issue of uh, impeachment and impeachment inquiries. Uh, Republicans, uh, at least on the House side of things, have uh, begun impeach, impeachment inquiries uh, of the president, even without any real sort of evidence to, to back up the high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, if you are a U.S. senator, where would you be on the old impeachment issue?
1: It's the same thing they're trying to do with me. The Democrats are trying to use courts and laws and the establishment to keep me off the ballot, just like they're trying to keep Trump off the ballot in Colorado, Michigan, and Maine. You know, it's it's insanity. We have to have – and that's they don't like political outsiders. It's, it's an insider's club. And so, yes, I absolutely support Donald Trump 100 percent. You know, Jim Banks – He's on the record of disagreeing with Donald Trump. He's on the record, Jim Banks is, of calling for an influx of immigration to this region. Since Jim Banks has said that, we've had 8 million illegal immigrants come across the border, 8 million. That's more than the population of Indiana, and people are just fed up with it. They are sick of these politicians that say one thing in Indiana, and they go to Washington, D.C., and vote the exact opposite.
0: Uh, John, on the issue of immigration, I thought that was interesting because obviously, uh, House Republicans have had an issue with, uh, the Biden administration's position on immigration and and the, and the sort of the border funding security issue. However, some folks have been saying, well, we'll just wait until, you know, until after Joe Biden's out of office and we'll, we'll fix it then. And meanwhile, we still have the flood of migrants, uh, coming through. Uh, your thoughts on that and, and where are you on, on the whole border issue?
1: Uh, Where I'm at on the border issue is look at what House Republicans did in 2017 and 18 when the Republicans had the presidency, the Senate, and the House, and they did nothing on the border. You know, back then in 2017, um, USA Today did a study or a a survey on less than 25 percent of House Republicans – Supported funding our southern border, less than 25%. Donald Trump has rightly brought that issue to a forefront, and hopefully, this time when he gets in, we will actually be able to get the border wall built and not just a few hundred miles. It has to be built completely from the Gulf of Mexico to the Pacific Ocean. Anything else is just political posturing. If they build the wall, politicians can't campaign on it. I'm not a politician. I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a farmer, and I just believe in getting stuff done. And I'm so sick of these career politicians that just talk about this issue and kick the can down the road. It, it's wrong. We have to have people that will go go to Washington and actually do what they. Say they're
0: going to do. Our guest in the program for a few minutes is John Russ, U.S. Senate candidate. John, another thing that's uh, also been out there too uh, has been the issue of uh, the former president uh, Donald Trump, whether he should be on the ballot. Uh, the, the the sort of accusation that, that the Justice Department has been "quote unquote" weaponized uh, against Donald Trump. My, my thing is this: if you got uh, four felony count, four indictments, ninety one felonies, at what point in the program, and what point all this are are you the issue?
1: Uh, you have to let the people choose. And that's, you know, it's exactly what's happening here in Indiana where they're trying to keep me off the ballot. You know, Donald Trump, I think, will absolutely win in 2024 this fall. I absolutely believe that. And I'm going to 100% vote for Donald Trump. I am just sick of people trying to use laws to keep the people off the ballot that we want to support. You know, and that's, you know, it's happening here in Indiana, it's happening in Colorado, it's happening in Maine, it's happening in Michigan. And people are fed up with it.
0: Uh, John, uh, final question for you, my friend. Uh, I've been hearing some stories about uh, your background, your past, and some, some other issues. Anything out there that voters should be worried about, should be concerned about, uh, if you are the nominee? Uh,
1: I have a strong work ethic. I've worked my entire life in my family's business and you know, helping feed 15 million people every day. It's hard work. And it's seven days a week at times. And, you know, that's the work ethic I want to bring to Washington. You know, people can try to attack me for being a farmer, whatever, bring it on. But, I mean, it's just we are so sick of career politicians, you know, that say one thing in Indiana. And then they go back to their, you know, their house in in Virginia like Jim Banks. And they vote exactly the opposite. People are just fed up with it. And I think that's why I will win. People are sick of career politicians.
0: Uh, final question for my friend. Before I let you go, I'll, I, that, I lied. That wasn't our last question. This would be our last question. Uh, the issue of farm subsidies, uh, where are you on farm subsidies?
1: You know, I 100% support Donald Trump. You know, he was very, very much for agriculture and for um, ethanol in particular. Remember, that was a hot issue in Iowa and in Indiana. We have to support our farmers, and we have to have energy independence. You cannot have energy independence if we do not, you know, make sure that we have as much fuel through ethanol or, you know, drilling as we possibly can.
0: So, that's, so is that a yes or – Yes, absolutely. All right. Just want to double-check, my friend. Our guest on the program day has been uh, U.S. Senate candidate John Russ. John will be on the ballot unless something changes uh, with the Supreme Court between now and uh, before the deadline can be taken off the ballot. So, John, my friend, as always, sir, thank you very much. Uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Hey, Thank you so much.